You wonder why I came out of the office early. Well, Brother Bisco was covering my whole message. Brother Derek was singing all my songs. So I figured I better get out there and throw a little piece in this morning. Amen. I mean, it's incredible when, you, when you're when you going to go down through the notes and you'll see this morning how the Lord has a mind for a service. So then he knows who was who would be here. And what we have need of. And, and I'm, I'm so glad he found me. Amen. Put his arms all around me. God bless you. We welcome you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nice to see the church full. Nice to see everybody back from their holidays. I'm back and back in the saddle. So here we are. Nice to see you all. God bless you. Well, you love the word? Amen. I know you do. It sounds like a redundant statement. But, you know, there's something about that gives a joy. You know, uh, I remember when I was a little boy, my mom used to get me up early in the morning. And Brother Bram talked about it, how they would drop you off at Sunday school. They never came themselves. Of course, they'd take me and they'd put a tire on me. And, you know, you, you know, kids in ties. Well, wash me all up. But there was something in me that always felt that that's where I belong. And as Brother Biscoe said, I don't know how he found me, but he did. And you can look at your own life. How on earth, how did God find me? But now we're finding out how he found us by the word of God. And so this morning, that will be a theme. It will be uh, the bride's appearing part two. We had all these greetings this morning. Sister Nicole, Brother Daryl, I saw you there. Where'd the red hair go? <laughs> I thought, no, that can't be him. But then again, I was white when I met you, so I haven't changed a bit. So God bless you. Nice to have you here, Sister Nicole. This is where you belong, isn't it? This is your home? I hope so. So we want to welcome all those that are visiting this morning with us. Uh, we deem it a great honor to have you. And if God speaks to you, that would be mean everything to me. So let's turn in our Bibles. St. John, chapter 4, verse 20. 20. 25. If you won't mind me this morning, I'll try and follow some of my notes rather than go off on inspiration, as I do so often. I'll try and confine myself behind the pulpit and uh, stay orderly. John, St. John, chapter 4, verse 25. Of course, we that are Bible readers know that Jesus started this story, or John wrote, or the history of this, that he had needs to go by Samaria. He knew exactly what this woman needed. And when the word was revealed, this is verse 5, the woman said unto him, I know that when the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ, when he is come, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am him. I'm he. Let's pray. Father, such a wonderful atmosphere to be in, to see the saints have gathered this morning, knowing that you know every need that is here and present. And you're more than able to meet all our needs. The scripture says, according to your riches in glory. 
So I pray, Lord, that you will bless each soul that has assembled here, not only here, but on the internet, and whoever will hear the message. I pray that they'll be fed into the inner man, that their souls, Lord, would look up to thee, O Lamb of Calvary, to give you praise for all the glory and all the grace that you have bestowed upon us, Lord. We deem it a great honor to stand in your august presence and to proclaim this glorious gospel. Lord, bless your people. Bless the reading of the word as we've read it. And now, Lord, I pray that you'll inspire it. And, Lord, that you'll make it alive within the hearts of your children. In Jesus' name, amen. You may have your seats. Everybody all right? All right. We find that we are living in a time and an age of such dissatisfaction. Really. An age that has so much. So much. You have more. You know, I had the privilege to be in Turkey years ago with the family, Brother Biscal. And we actually went to a sultan's palace and saw the way that they lived. And what they, you know, what we thought was great and grandeur. And your homes have more amenities than the sultan did in Turkish or Ottoman empires. Don't look at me strange. You know, he might have had more gold than you, but, you know, your amenities are more than he had. You know, they said... uh when he wanted to get up in, in the middle of the night to eat, and I thought I took, I identified with that. <laughs> but the sultan never liked to eat alone. He would have the whole household come, and the chefs and the cooks had to cook everything, and everybody had to eat together. But the pots and the, and the, and the, you know, the fire, and here we've got induction stoves, or, you know, and fancy this, and people are saying you can buy a stove now for $7,000. I said, what do you do, drive it? I mean, what does it do? Does it tuck you in at night also? But, you know, we look more and more of all that is being um, manufactured in, in Satan's Eden and everybody gets more and more, but they're never satisfied. They're never satisfied. And, and uh, to a seed, there is no satisfaction outside of Christ. It doesn't matter what we attain to or what we obtain. It doesn't matter. But give me Jesus. And I, I believe that is the cry of the people. That's the heart of the bride. That we want to see him more and more alive within our hearts. Brother Bram talks about being identified with Christ. And as he starts it off his service, he says, It seems people are so, so dissatisfied that they want to commit suicide. And we're talking about 1959. And, and so then, really, was it there that, was that the case then, or was a prophet actually seeing our day? Looking down and seeing the statistics of suicide rate is just spiraling out of hand. Yet they have so much, they have nothing without Jesus Christ. So much. People strive to attain so much, thinking whatever they attain 
is going to give them a satisfaction. But it is only for a moment. Sin is pleasurable for a season. For a moment. A person strives to get a degree and, and they, and they walk down with their gown and their cap and they're so proud and the parents are so proud. But tomorrow morning, the next day you wake up saying, I don't have a job. But if I just get that certificate, I'll be satisfied. No, they're, they're taxi drivers. A lot of them. Some get ahead, some don't. They're just not satisfied. They think whatever they reach for, they will obtain the satisfaction. Paul says, not as though I already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend for that which also I've been apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. So Paul wasn't asking them to reach for something that wouldn't be their satisfaction. Or that would, that would be a hopeless gospel. But he was wanting them to reach forth and take a hold to that which will satisfy you. And that is the word himself. You understand me? There's no satisfaction outside of the word. Paul goes on to say, I press. And this is where Laodicea's curse is on the nation. To take away your pressing. Laodicea is trying to take away your pressing. Because it's, it's Laodicean, it's laid back, it's lukewarm. But we aren't Laodiceans. We are bride. Can I hear a hearty amen? We are the elected. We are the chosen of God privileged to hear a message such as we hear. Absolutely privileged. We are the most, and, and you know, if I, I, like Brother Brown said, I wish I had a voice that I did, could shout it out. I don't care if a thousand fall at one hand and ten thousand on the other hand. I know in whom I have believed. I know he found me. Found the woman at the well. He found me. So then Paul says, then, then if he found me, he's apprehended me for a reason. And we've covered that before, but when Christ apprehends you, he's apprehending you for a purpose. And God has a purpose to reveal himself and manifest himself, not just in William Branham, but in you, the bride. God wants to manifest himself through the word in you. Amen. I'm not amening myself. I'm just amening what the word says. Therefore, I press. I press. I press. I press. That means I speedily or I earnestly speed towards the mark of the prize of the high calling. Not for Luther's day. No, sir. Not for Wesley's day. I'm sorry. Great men, yes. But there's a prize for us in this age that no other age has lived to see. And that is the change from mortal to immortality. From this flesh to a new body. 
That's the pressing you must keep in mind. Not coming to church, but pressing into your new body. Can I hear amen? We have been called for a rapture. And it's not for everyone, but it's for who God has chosen. This little woman, Brother Bram said, this little woman had a seed of representation. She had something in her that the priest never had. And so God who now has formed himself or he morphed himself or changed his mask from God above to God with us in the body of Jesus Christ, knows his attributes. I want you to, I want you to hold on to that phrase. God knows his attributes. And every attribute of God is eternal. This moves you from churchianity down the street to bride. You are eternal. You always have been eternal. You are eternal. And you're going back to eternity. And if that doesn't put a smile on your face, I don't know what would. She had a seat of representation. And so now every name that was written in the Lamb's book of life had to come to be manifested. It has to. That seed had to manifest. So then if we call it a seed, can I call it a gene? Can I call it a seed gene? Can I call it a germ? Can I call it an attribute? Whatever you'd like to interact with me this morning, germ, gene, or attribute, I've all come from God. We've come from God. And we go back to God. Behold. The Bible says in Luke 7.37. Behold. There was a woman in the city. Which was a sinner. When she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house. Brought an alabaster box of anointment. Now you say well. Why would she do that? Why would she do that? She was a, a, a prostitute. She had heard of others being delivered. And she wanted deliverance for herself. So that if God could do it for one, he'll do it for you. Come on. If God saved me, he can save you. If God can deliver me, he can deliver you. If I'm an attribute of God and you're an attribute of God, then we've come from the same place. We've come from the same place. Brother Bram said, she didn't want to be what she was. That's why I want to go slow. It's not because somebody preached hard and put you under condemnation. And then you said, well, I got to get saved. No, it has nothing to do with it. There was a seed in her that was looking for satisfaction. And that satisfaction was only in Christ. And so then God, because he put that seed there, had to meet the deep through the word. So you know what? You that are backslidden or maybe you're not even frontslidden, maybe not saved, no nothing. You can't come unless the Lord draws you anyway. 
So don't get under bondage what I preached this morning. Just say, Lord, I, I trust, I hope, I pray that I am one of the attributes of God. Because if you're not, you're not going to heaven. I'm sorry. I, I'm just going to tell you that right up straight. If you're not a germ of God, you're not a seed of God, you're not a gene of God, you're not an attribute of God, you will never see heaven. So if you are, and you could say, yes, I am, then there's something in you that should rejoice around the opening of what God's word is for you today. Amen. He said, when she didn't want none of that stuff. Are you tired of your pig pen, sinner friend? He got tired of being in the pig pen. She got tired of the stuff. But when that light flashed, that's what she wanted. No matter what she was in, she was ready to come. Man judges the outward appearance. God looks on the heart. No matter what, no matter what she was, that light flashed. God saved her. (laughs) He said, that settles it. Amen. Something in us, saints, that didn't want to be what we were. So then if something is in us to say, I don't want to be what I was, now look what I am. What is driving us or pressing us to be what we shall be? The same seed, that same attribute, that same kernel that God dropped within you. Brother Bram said and takes it from the message thirst. I'm taking it from the message thirst. He said, there's only one thing that can satisfy. Okay. There's only one thing that can satisfy. And that is the person, Jesus Christ. I think that's very clear. There's only one thing that can satisfy us. I'm sorry. Not your ambitions, not what you obtain to, nothing will satisfy. But the word himself will satisfy the bride. You with me? Why? He said there's something that cannot satisfy us that this world has. It's the person, Jesus Christ, as a hard path for the water brook. So thirsteth my soul for thee, O God. See, there's something in you. There's something in you now. That's why I want to keep on moving this along. There's something in you that wants to see the moving of God. Not being stagnated in your experience, but to see now the further move of God in your experience. There's something in us that wants to see the move of God. He said, your soul thirst. He says, and don't stop. For nothing. Amen. Don't stop for nothing. Press into this promise. The Lord. The Bible says in Isaiah 58 and 11. If you want to put it down. Or if you want to mark it in your Bible. The Lord shall guide you continually. You might as well just say praise God. This is to the elect. This is a love letter to his bride. So the Bible says, the Lord shall guide you continually. That's forever. 
How did he find us saints? He found us because he has something in his mind for us to do. And he will guide you continually. You say, well, where's God? Are you going to make the Bible a lie? I'm going through a trial right now. Where's God? You can't make the Bible lie. You've got to stand on thus saith the Lord. You've got to go back to the word of God. You've got to tell that devil, the Lord is with me continually. Amen, Peter. I said, Dad, I prayed that for you this week. Brother Diaz, God bless you. Brother Hugh, the Lord is with you continually. He will not forsake you. He is with you, even in you, to the end of the world. Hallelujah. That's what we rest on. Amen. The Lord shall guide you continually every step of the way. Every turn in the road. Every why and every junction. You say, but brother Tom, I went down a road and I hit the permissive will instead of the perfect will. Look what's happening. Don't you worry. A prophet's come to tell you. When you go down that road of permissive will, he will turn you back to the perfect will because you are seed. That should lift us up into heavenly places. It doesn't matter what we do. It will turn out to be the perfect will of God. We stop right there and just rejoice. Hallelujah. But I blew it. So what? God doesn't see your mistakes. You do. And you remember other people's mistakes. Come on, come on. Let's, let's get to where God is. If I want to get you where God is, God doesn't see your mistakes. Why are you seeing one another's mistakes? Hmm. <laughs> so look around the room and look at perfection. If you want to put your head back and see the balcony and look at them and tell them they're perfect. Our perfection is in him. Amen. The Lord shall guide you continually. And not only guide you continually. Because he's a fountain. The fountain of life. And that fountain has been opened up in the house of David in this hour. The book has been opened. The word has come forth to wash the people. He's a fountain. So they, or Isaiah goes on to say, the Lord shall guide you continually and satisfy you. Satisfy you. Our satisfaction is Christ. Come on, saints. Stay with me. Our satisfaction in him. So then he's going to guide us continually because he knows what's going to satisfy you. The word. Not a story. Not about somebody else's experience, but what the word has come to you. That's why that little Mary, when she brought the ointment, she, she knew that if, if that woman at the well had an experience and God could save her, then God can save me. 
And I want to say to you, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. So our satisfaction is in him. Teenagers, he says, want to be like the world and Britney Spears and all these people, names I don't even know. And then they end up in an insane asylum. That's where they end up, folks. You watch your movie actors and you got your Marvel superheroes. I got one superhero. And that's Jesus Christ. He's better than Batman, Spider-Man, whatever man. They got Ant-Man. I don't know what kind of man. But I know that there's a superwoman. I know there's a superman called Jesus Christ. And I know there's a superwoman called the bride of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Why? He's going to continually guide you to that which satisfies you. He will satisfy you in a drought. In dry places. And he'll make your bones strong. Not weak, strong. Let the weak say, I am. Let the faint say, I am. I'm blowing the trumpet in Zion. Hallelujah. For the earnest expectation. The earnest expectation. It doesn't look like it's dwindled off in Laodicea, has it? When there's still an earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for what? The manifestation. Come on, stay with me. The what? You know the scriptures. You can say it. Then it's not a trick question. It's the manifestation of what? The sons of God. So all creation has been groaning because they know that sin caused a, a catastrophic situation. The earth went through just a tremendous agony from the fall. So the earth, Brother Bram said, is an attribute of God. Mm -hmm. The earth, that's why we're coming back. Because if the earth is eternal, it's always in the thought of God. Your body's laid in the earth. So if if our body's laid in the earth, the earth, don't, don't get quiet on me on this point. The earth is eternal. That's why it's going to get its baptism of fire. It's going to get its renovation also. So the whole creation is groaning. For it says all nature, and in the Greek it says, it's eagerly waiting. So I, I've talked to my cedar trees lately. I've got some cedar trees in my... It, will you hurry up, Tom, and get to be a son of God? It's my... In fact, I don't know if you noticed, but there's a plague on the cedar trees. I've been praying, and you say, well, you want to move trees. I don't want to move my trees. I want to save my trees. And then I'm not a tree hugger. But I love God's creation. So all whole creation eagerly waits for the children to be revealed. And that's why I've called the subject this morning. The bride's appearing or revealing part two. Creation is waiting for the revealing. Or the manifestation. 
of the sons of God. To manifest is to become visible. So now the bride's becoming visible. She walks like him, talks like him, speaks like him. Come on. Acts like him. So now to be manifested is to become visible or from the unseen to become seen. From the unseen to be seen or that which was hidden made now known. And so then Brother Bram goes on to say it was through that sacrificial death at Calvary and his resurrection. It potentially placed his church in that realm. That same realm of the invisible God coming into the individual and to make the word now visible. Manifest. Made known. Because of Calvary. God is wanting to see his word become visible. So David writes in the psalm, which we preached on over the years. We love the the psalms, 107. I'll try and keep it succinct here. For the Bible says, he satisfies the longing of the soul. He filleth the hungry souls with goodness. Himself. Christ. Brother Bram said in the message, Easter seal. He said on Mount Transfiguration and all the prophets and everything else. He said was finished. All the days of Luther, Methodist, Presbyterian. They're all right, but this is my beloved son. Hear ye him. Now, I know Brother Branham preached it many times. But I'm going to say it from the Easter seal. Everybody listening to me now. It's not just hearing this message to get a better thought. It's hearing the message to become the word. Oh, that's a great thought, Brother Branham. It's more than a great thought. That is to build the bride into the very likeness of Christ. Keep that focus, saints. It's not just another message, a message here, a message here, and a message here. It's all Christ. Now, I know people stumble over that, but you just stick with me. This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. So what he says now, Easter seal, the word of the hour. Don't let anybody tell you anything else. That there is another voice, another message, another preacher. This message is hear ye him. This is what's going to satisfy your soul. As time goes on, people raise up. And they look back, and they'll look back, and they'll look back and say, those were movements. Of course they were. But if the stalk goes to the tassel, from the tassel to the shuck, to the shuck to the seed... If I'm in the seed age, I don't want to just live on the stock. In fact, I don't want to eat the stock at all. Because the stock, the life has moved on. The light has moved on. You gotta walk in the light as he's in the light. That's what's gonna satisfy a people. Not my preaching, but the message. Hallelujah.
This is my beloved son, Brother James. There's no other word that's going to satisfy you but this message that has come in this hour. Period. Brother Bram said, Hear ye him. The word of this hour is the hour of the seals. The word of the hour is the hour of the seals. And remember the seven seal, Brother Bram said, is identified with his coming. With rapture. That's what we're identified in. Not into yesterday's message. Not back in Pentecost. Not back in the Philadelphian age. But in the word age. So the creature or creation is earnestly. They're earnestly expecting a revealing of a, of a, of a, of a bride of the sons and daughters of God. That which is, was unknown now made known. He said, I no longer call you church. I call you bride. You tell me another preacher that said that. If anybody said it, they take it from him. And a lot of preachers today are using the prophet's message for their own gain. And not giving the prophet credit. But it wasn't William Branham. It was God in the vessel. Speaking to a people. That we are born again of an incorruptible seat. Amen. So then if the creation is under expectation. Brother Branham says in the world falling apart. God has an expectation. God has an expectation. Can God have an expectation? Can he? Sharon, can he have an expectation? Sure he can. He's a person. The Bible says Jesus Christ is a person. So the person of Jesus Christ has an expectation. John, you had an expectation of marriage. And look what your expectation brought you. There was an expectation. Brother Bram said, you get what you expect. So God has an expectation. Because God knows what's going to happen. Stay with me now. So all we're, we're building up here. So now here we are trying to identify who you are. So God has an expectation because he knows what's going to happen. <laughs> because he's infinite. So there's nothing going wrong. So I want you to say that. I want you to say that personally. There's nothing going wrong. Tom, there's nothing going wrong. Can you say that to yourself? Why? Because God's in control. He's an infinite God. He has his expectation. Brother Bram said, this is world falling apart, 1963. He said, because he's infinite, there's nothing going wrong. It's all going exactly right. Oh, rest, little bride, rest. It's all just exactly right, Brother Hugh. It's all exactly right. He's infinite. And he can foretell the end from the beginning because he's God. Don't think Satan is putting anything over on him. Come on. Don't think the devil's going to put anything over on God. No, sir. No, no, no. It's all working out 
to display his attributes. God's attributes are manifested in the bride in this last age. We have caught the revelation of the last prophet's message and we know who we are and what we're made up for the original life. We've been seeing that since 1982. Hallelujah. Now, Lord, it's becoming more real. We are the attributes of God that are eternal and everything is going right. But you said, Brother Tom, I got this problem, my problem. Hey, that's the devil talking to you. I'm telling you what God spoke through a prophet said to you this morning. Amen. It's all going to work out to display his attributes. How great is our infinite God. How great is his name. It's the attributes of God being displayed or being made known. Oh my. Do you love him? And I heard the church say, Amen. Amen. God knows who you are, where you're at, and your address. And how many times, thousands of times you heard it? Mrs. Jones, Mr. Brown. How many times do you know their address, their street name, their country, their county, their, right? That wasn't Brother Branham. He said, I don't know you. But he was trying to let them know that there was a God that was going to continually guide the elect. Hallelujah. Guiding us by his thoughts because we are a part of his thought. Listen to what he said in Invisible Union. Now pretend. You say, well, Brother Tom, I've heard that. You've used that quote before. Well, pretend you've never heard it before and just rejoice in what you hear this morning. Okay? Is that okay? He said, you're married to Christ. Invisible union. Now, come on, Caleb. You look at me when I'm preaching to you. Don't look around the room. You, you want to get married. You got one thing in your mind. I know there's only one thing in your mind. He wants to get married to a little girl over in Germany. That's the only thing you got in your mind. I'll tell you one thing that I got in my mind. is to marry him. Come on. Come on. That's natural types to spiritual. And there's a few others that like to get married around here too, I know. So if you're married to Christ, you're married to the Word. Christ is the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And the same was made flesh and dwelt among us. Christ was a living Word. He always was the Word. He still is the Word. He'll always be the Word. He was only now, now now watch this. He's trying to give us a window here. He's only a manifestation of the attributes of God, for he was the Son of God. Remember, Jesus is eternal. As eternal as you are eternal. Ooh. That was getting pretty weak. I know it's, you got to think about that, but just stick with me here. He says, now he's the manifestation of the attributes of God. For he was the son of God. And any son is the attribute of his father. Come on. 
Any son is an attribute of your father. Who's your father? (laughs) Well, what kind of attributes does our God have? I want to ask you, what kind of attributes do you have? Listen now. He says, and just as you were in the genes of your father, in the body of your father, when he was a young boy, you were in him yet. He could not have fellowship with you because he didn't know you. As I was playing baseball and on the Carpenters baseball team at 12 years old in Chilliwack, I didn't know Sam was in me. I did not have a clue that Sam was in me. But one day, one day I was sitting in my living room listening to the prophet. He said, if you ever were a son of God, you always were a son of God because you were in the mind of God. I had a doctor said, you won't have children. I said, I got a son in my mind. And there has to be a manifestation of that. Amen. So we were in, my children were in me when I was a boy, but I couldn't have fellowship until I married Sister Joanne. You were in him yet, but you couldn't have fellowship. He says, and so you are. So you are. Say, so I am. So you are. So I am. So you are a a son of God, a daughter of God. Before there was an Adam. Before an Adam, you were a son of God. Before a molecule, you were a son of God. Listen to what he says here now. He says, you are, were in him before there was an atom. Before there was a moon, stars, or a molecule. You are sons and daughters of God, for you are only now the physical manifestation of the attributes the unknown becoming known my the unknown you didn't know Mark that you were a son of God until God made it known to you amen and thus we can rejoice David we're not a bunch of beer drinkers no more we're sons of God You're in the physical manifestation of the attribute that was in God at the beginning. There was only one form of eternal life, Michael. There's not two forms. There's only one form of eternal life. And that was you. My. Think of it, Danny. That was you, he says, before the beginning. For there's only one form of eternal life. But you are... Manifested now in his image. In the image of God you're made and you are manifested for the glory. Listen now for the purpose now. You are manifested for the glory. For his glory and fellowship. So he said a couple of years ago. I love brother Ram said I'd give a, a billion dollars to have five minutes with my daddy. So you do. Why? Because he wanted fellowship with the father, his father. But how about our heavenly father? If we're sons of God, we want fellowship on a daily basis. 
Oh, not just when you got a moment of time where Satan has caught you all up in the affairs of life. He wants fellowship. God wants fellowship with you. Therefore, as sure as your gene was in your father for your natural birth, your spiritual gene was in God, and you are nothing but the expression of the attribute of his thoughts. Before the foundation of the world. No way around it. That's right. Notice. The life being in you. God. Life being in you. Was from the foundation of the world. My. We just rattle that off. And for a lot of people. That pops their little. Brain. Pop. So can I give you an example? Let's take an example from the unseen to the seen. The Bible says in Revelation 13 and 4, don't turn to it because we're going to save some time here. And they worshiped the dragon which gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast saying, who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Verse 7, Revelation 13, 7. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindred and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world from the eternities. Now, When was Jesus slain? Before there was an Adam? So that was in the thought of God. But that attribute that was in God to be a savior had to come and be manifested. So when was your name put on the Lamb's book of life? (laughs) Before the foundation of the world. Before there was an atom or molecule. You're eternal. So then if you were an attribute of God, came down to be manifested as Jesus was. Jesus was a manifested thought. Savior. Redeemer. Healer. So from the unseen, he became seen. So it was written in the word, before the foundation of the world, God dwelt. With his attributes. Eternally. Now saints. If that doesn't do something for you. I don't know what it does for me. It blows my mind. It blows my mind. I was forever in the thought of God. Never was not out of the thought of God. How did we find ourselves there? Amen. grace. Amen. So that's why when the seals were open. And there was no one worthy. To take the book. Or to even look on the book. And John wept because there was no one worthy. Why? Because he was looking for a worthy one to take the book. But Brother Ram says in the breach. John couldn't see him. Or hadn't seen him. Because he was way back into the eternities. I, this is, I'm enjoying myself anyways. I hope. So here. here where's the one that was worthy? We, don't weep John. The line of the tribe of Judah hath prevailed. And when he looked to see 
a lion, he saw the lamb that had been slain before the foundation of the world throughout the eternities that was manifested. Manifested in John 19 and 33. And they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already. And they broke, break not his legs. But one of the soldiers with his spear pierced his side. Forthwith came out blood and water. By the piercing of his side sprung forth a fountain. That released attributes of God. But now he was slain before the foundation of the world. But there came a manifestation of it. There was a bride in his mind before the foundation of the world. And now you're the manifestation of it. Can you say amen? Amen. Since I saw my name in the book of redemption... Now let me give you another example. Can we, can we have time for another example? Those that are married and have your wives, husbands, wives that have your husbands. Why don't you look at each other that are married? The others ones that don't marry, look up because you're married to him. <laughs> so don't feel left out at all. Because our husbands could fail a wife, but he'll never fail you. But now, you ask her the question. Brother Raymond, did you look at Zoe? I didn't see that. Okay, I'm just checking. Just checking. So Brother Bram says that you saw her, and he saw you. He said, not a pretty face, not a handsome stature. You don't know why. You loved him or why she loved you. Are you with me? Kinsman Redeemer, if you want the quote, you've heard it over the years. He says, now she loves him. Why? Because they were eternal mates. Honey. (laughs) We were eternal mates. Brother Luis, look at Grace. Go ahead. You don't know why you loved her or why he loved you. Your eternal mates. Nothing can separate you. Nothing can separate you because you've come from eternity. Are you sitting with me now? Because I'm still in that thought. The unknown being made known. You come from eternity. You stepped into a space called time. And we'll return together. Sister Nicole, rejoice. You'll return back to eternity together. Because eternity dropped down into a body called time. And goes right back to eternity again. Amen. Can you see yourself? You're an eternal thought of God manifested. You stepped out of eternity, got into a body called time, and you will go back to eternity. Oh my, oh my, oh my. This world is not my home.
good, saints. It's wonderful. It's wonderful to know where you come from. It's wonderful to know where you're going. And it's wonderful to know you have a purpose in life. It's wonderful to know that your spiritual amnesia is gone. Say amen. Your spiritual amnesia is gone. Brother Brown says this in spiritual amnesia to the true Christian. That's who I'm addressing this to this morning. To the true Christian. You have to be the same. We don't want to forget that. All that he was, I'm identified with him. All right, come on, come on. Stick with me, sons of God. All he is, I'm identified with him. Same feeling, same action, same desire as him. Right? So I've got the same feeling as him. So now, all he was, I'm identified with him. I'm identified with him. Notice, he says, and he is in me, and I am in him. Notice then, every Christian, that's a real genuine Christian, was with him. When the morning stars sang together, and the sons of God shouted for joy, before there was a foundation of the world, we were there identified in Him. Glory! Identified in Him. In the immortal realms with God. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. When the morning stars sang together with the sons of God. Now listen, I don't believe and I don't believe these brothers believe in pre-existence. We're not talking about pre-existence. We're talking about the thoughts of God that surpass whatever you think. That's why last week, I think I said on page, I got it down here, page... Five. I said, Brother Bram said, he said, I was with Moses at the burning bush. I'm identified with him. Remember, he said, I'm identified with him in glory. I'm identified with Moses in the wilderness. I'm identified with God. I'm identified with his Christians. He says, don't try and explain that from me now. I was there. Then if the prophet said he was there, I was there. I was there at the burning bush. I was there at the opening of the sea. I was there, saints. Why? Because we're in him. Glory. We were in him. That's why a prophet comes on the scene and says, Now, all things are possible. Only believe. Trying to get the people to believe. Only believe. Come on. Only believe all things are possible. Just what do we got to do? Only believe that God that was in Moses is the same God that's living in me. Hallelujah. 
that immortal realm. It's beyond. This is poetry. This is music. This is a symphony. I'm sure, Brother Andes, if I was you and I was able to put this message in a book, I just, I just cut and paste and put it in my message. And I get so stimulated, I have to sit up out of my seat. I don't know what you were doing. I don't know whether you're running around your desk or doing whatever. But this word is alive. This word is alive. It's picturesque. I don't even have the vocabulary to explain it. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's marvelous. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. Hallelujah. That you were in him. And he is in me. And when those morning stars sang together. And the sons of God shouted for joy. Before the foundation of the world. We were identified. In the immortal realms with God. Ten million years. Before a world was ever formed. I was back there with him. Hallelujah. If I was with him then. He can't lose me. If you were in him then. He can't lose you. No, sir. You have not chosen me, but I've chosen you and I've ordained you. The Bible says, I've ordained you to bring forth fruits. Hallelujah. Before there was a world 10 million years beyond, if I got eternal life, I was there with him. I was identified with him when the morning stars sang together and the sons of God shouted for joy. Nicole, think of it. We were shouting together. <laughs> she says, I, 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 you've known me since a baby. That's true. But we knew each other before the foundation of the world. We were shouting together in the immortal realms of God in somewhere I can't figure out. So don't you try and figure out. It's not for us to figure out. It's for us to believe it. And that's why I've got here now titled, I'm so glad he found me. <laughs> in love he found me. Put his arms all around me. Why? I was an eternal attribute. He can't lose me. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. You were always his. Brother Victor, I thought I'd get a big amen out of you on that one. I don't think I'm not watching you. I am. I am. I think all of us can shout and scream and dance about and thank God for what he's doing in our, our, our lives. And how the word is becoming more real. And that's where I think the pastor took this a few, maybe a few weeks ago and took it a couple of weeks ago myself. Is where Brother Bram said, God is his own interpreter. All we are today is a display of his attributes. All we are today. We are. He wasn't God because he. No, let me just back it up. Sorry, I'm trying to move too fast. First, he was not even God. God, we would just call him the eternal one. He wasn't God because the English word means an object of worship. And there was nothing to worship him. So he's the eternal one. He's the main fountain 
of all intelligence. He's the main fountain of all intelligence. And in this fountain of all intelligence, there was not an atom or a molecule or nothing. Light, nowhere. Stars, moons, nothing else. God, what we know as God, the great spirit that was eternal, never did begin and never did end. He was there and in him, in that fountain, in him were his attributes. It was attributes to be God. Then it was attributes to be father. So now here is, here's a prophet revealing God. Christ is the mystery of God revealed. No man ever stepped in this territory. Come on, people. There's no preacher out there that even can get close to what I'm quoting to you this morning. You need to get into the word, read the word, eat the word, and become the word. There's no preacher. There's no carry radio. There is nothing outside of what's been ministered through this prophet. That's going to get you into a rapture. Yes, sir. He said, so then out of that fountain were attributes to be God. So he had to have something created. And he created angels. Because those were attributes in him. And then in him was attribute to be father. In him was attribute to be savior. In him were attributes. Eternal as he is, his attributes are. I know that blows a lot of people's mind, but just, you know, if it blows your mind, just say, I don't understand it, but Lord, make it real to me. Don't, don't shut down on me now, okay? We're just getting to the heart of the matter. The main fountain is all intelligence. And in that intelligence was then stars, moons, universes, galaxies. In him was all those things. In him was attributes to be healer. Attributes. And in that fountain were attributes of thoughts. And God's thoughts are eternal. So you can see that sprinkled throughout the message. The thought God does not have a better thought. Every thought's eternal. So if you are a manifestation of the thought or attribute of God, you're as eternal as God is. Amen. So you Christians, talking about you Christians, if you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, you are in his thoughts before the world. And now you're the manifestation of his thinking. Before there was a world, we were in Christ. In Christ, in Christ, Jesus, you were found in him. In him has he chosen you. Ephesians says, in him hath he chosen you. Or previously marked out in love. As Brother Bisco preached back, way back into the house or the first years of the log church. In the Greek diglot, you've been previously marked out in love. Love marked you out. You always were with that fountain of love. Brother Bram said in invisible union, 
You are in the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world. Being in Him and that Lamb being slain, there are benefits to draw on this morning. There's an inheritance to gain this morning from being in Him. Not just saying you are. Not just repeating you are. But being in Him. There are now benefits that come with being that attribute. You going to stay with me? See if I can get this to you. If I give you a part of what the... I'm just going to give you 12 attributes of God. Just 12. We can be here all day, all night, and all morning, all next week, and all month, and all next year, and talk about the attributes. But an attribute of God means God, one of his attributes, the first, you can look it up every, anywhere you want to look it up. First thing they say, the first attribute of God is that he's infinite. So we knew that. Prophet told us that. So then if God's infinite and without beginning, and we are a part of that attribute, guess what? You stepped out of eternity into a space called time and going back into eternity again. So they said the next attribute of God is that he's immutable. He's unchangeable. He doesn't change his mind about his word. (laughs) God attribute is he's self-sufficient. He doesn't need help from nobody. He's almighty. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He's omniscient. He knows all things. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. God is faithful. He's infinite and unchanging. He's the Lord. God is good, the Bible says in Psalms 34 and 8. The Lord God is just in Deuteronomy 32 and 4. The Lord God is merciful. And the Lord God is holy in Revelations 4, chapter 8. Chapter 4, verse 8. So any attribute that God is, there is a benefit that you can draw from that. Because if you've come from him, you've got a part of that attribute. So like Brother Brown said, he said, if you took a teaspoon of the ocean, it's got the same elements, but it's not the, all the ocean. You just got everything that is in that ocean in that little teaspoon. So all that was in God, you've got those elements living in you. There's benefits to draw. Oh, my. So then being in Christ, we'll close on this scripture. Turn to Romans chapter 3, verse 24. And I would like you to read it, please. Romans chapter 3, verse 24. If you're there, read it with me. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in there's a benefit there's a benefit being justified freely that's why a prophet can come around and said you never did it in the first place 
Now, if you take a look at that word justified, therefore being justified, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I believe the Romans 5 says we're justified. This is Brother Brown. No, it's, we just read Romans 3. Justified by faith. But what did he do then? He sent him back, the justifier, because our faith believes it. The Holy Spirit, Christ, comes into it for our justification. Because we have raised from death unto life. And now we are the sons and daughters of God sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Justified in his resurrection. Justified, if you want to look at the Greek, is D-I-K-A-I-O-O. It is a legal term. Having to do with law. Courtroom. Where it's represented, that word justified is a legal binding verdict of the judge. This is a legal binding verdict of the judge. Richard, here's your verdict. Acquitted. Justified is a legal term. And the verdict comes from the judge himself. And that legal decision is to call you acquitted. Acquitted. You're clear. You're exonerated. You're innocent. You are not guilty. Can you say amen? In him I am free. Hallelujah. In that day, there will be a fountain open up to wash you and cleanse you and tell you who you are in Christ Jesus. You are justified. You are, as I preached years ago, freer than you think. For whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Are you justified? Have you been found in Him? If you're in Him, you're innocent. You're guiltless. You're acquitted. You might as well rejoice. Because being in Him, saints of God, means everything. Because in Him, I have eternal life. In Him, in Christ alone. God in us. So that you can say now, all that was in God was in Christ. And all that was in Christ Jesus is where? In who? That's what the prophet said. All that was in Christ is now in you. Your identification is your life in Christ. You're not educated into this. You're revelated into this. You're not educated in this. You are revelated in this. Now being 
manifestly declared. Can I just add one last point before the musicians, you might as well come. Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet. And three weeks ago, I took the scripture, will I find faith on the earth? And I was blessed to hear the brothers repeat it after I went away on some holidays because it does mean something to me. It wasn't a question to cause doubt. It was a question to affirm a positive. Will I find faith when I return? People say, is there going to be faith when he returns? What are you talking about? The last scriptures of the Old Testament. Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet. Before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the hearts of the children back to the faith of the fathers. Of course, there is going to be a people of faith. And you can thank God this morning. You can say, I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Look at, he said, here in the falling apart of the world. You were sons and daughters of God. You believed his word from Genesis to Revelation. And you stay with it. You stay with it. That's what a son and daughter of God does. She stays with it. Now notice what he says here. They stay with it. And their lives prove it. Prove it. And then God confirms his word to it. So, can I back up? Because I'm going to close on this point. He says, now if you're a son and daughter of God. You believe the word from Genesis to Revelation. And you stay with it. If you're a son and daughter of God, you believe this. From cover to cover. And you stay with it. You don't go back as a dog to its vomit. Or a hog to its wallow. You stay with it. You stay with the word. If you're a son and daughter of God, you stay with it. That's what he says here. You stay with it. And then your life proves it. So you say, well, I'm the bride of Jesus Christ. Then there has to be a manifestation out from you. Your life proves it. And then God confirms the word to it. So the word becomes live to you. He confirms his word to it. To that life that's in you. Now listen. He confirms his word to it. He said, that's Messiah. Are you listening? That's the wife of Messiah. She stays with the word. At that day, you will know that I'm in the Father, the Father in me, I in you, and you in me. Now we are the sons of God. Last quote. Last quote. Sons of God, sons and daughters of God. Are you? Why don't you say amen? Amen. Amen. 
He said, questions and answers. Question. Now will you lay hands upon me? And free me from that? That was the question to Brother Branham, questions and answers. Will you lay hands on me? And free me from that? Here's Brother Branham's answer. He says, Now, sister dear, brother dear, Sure, I'd lay hands on you, but that wouldn't free you. What would free you is to understand you're already free. (laughs) I'm so glad he found me. Put his arms all around me. And he brought me to that fountain. Now listen, saints. He said, you're already free. I want the church to rejoice in this. In him, you're free. In him, you're justified. In him, you're innocent. In him. In him. I'm free. I don't need brother Tom to lay hands on me. In him. Come on. We're ending the service now. In him, I'm free. If you've got a need this morning, you don't need the brothers to lay hands on you. You can say and shout from your seat. In him, I am free, devil. You don't need me to lay hands on you. You're free. You're already untied. You don't have to worry about being free. You're already free. For whom the sun sets is free. Are you free? I am free in Christ Jesus. Are you free this morning? Free from sin. Loose from unbelief. Not chained and shackled by Laodicea. I am free. 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 Have you been... To Calvary's fountain Oh, have you Beneath the fountain There's no other place to go It's flowing down from Let's dance, eh? Let's rejoice.
rejoice. Before we rejoice, I want you to put up that second verse again. I want you to put up, how many drank from other waters? Huh? How many did? Come on, you, you know, I'm not ashamed of the fact. I drank at a different fountain. But when I came to this fountain, this fountain will never run dry. Why? Because he will continually lead you into satisfaction. Other what a benefit you can draw from this morning from this fountain if an attribute of healing has flowed from him it's still alive this morning it's eternal the attribute if you're bound by anything you can be set free it doesn't matter what you have need of this morning this is a fountain you can run into and be safe Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. If you have a need this morning, just lift up your heart of faith to Him. Oh, fountain of God, our lovely Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we're thankful for a word that has made the book alive the Bible, a new book. We're thankful, Lord, for the reality and our revelations that come out of that fountain. It strikes our souls and we're changed forevermore. So, Father God, various hands and hearts were lifted this morning. Not looking to a man, but looking to that fountain that shall never run dry looking to the Lord Jesus Christ that will continually lead us down through life and lead us into a rapture change and lead us into the wedding supper and finally into that glorious future home. Father, I pray for every need 
As Brother Biscoe was saying earlier today, how much we've prayed for these needs that are in the assembly. We pray because we believe. We pray because we know we have a God that hears us when we pray. And so, Father God, we commit every need in divine presence into your glorious bosom. And ask, Lord, that you will undertake the need and meet them according to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. There is a fountain opened in the house of David. Don't forget that, saints. It's been opened for your benefits now. That you can draw from the attributes of God which you came from and are a part of. Don't sell as the world calls yourself short. Or Brother Bram said, don't live under privilege. Take that word and apply it in every area of your life. Why don't you turn around and shake one another's hand? Why don't you say, God bless you. Brother Tim Dodd will be ministering this evening. Look forward to seeing you in the house of God. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.